0: Hi, it's Bill Woods again. I just wanted to come and bring another message that I think God's laid upon my heart. By the way, I'll be preaching at the First Baptist Church tomorrow morning at 11 o'clock. That's the church in Holbrook. And you're invited to come. I would love to see you there. Today I want to talk about if, but, and then you choose. You know, every contract contains provisions that must be met to validate it. If you're buying a home or a car or a piece of property or a large appliance, you must agree to certain terms in the contract. If the conditions are not met, the agreement becomes null and void. God has offered you a contract too. He is offering you eternal life if you will accept it. If you don't accept his offer, you, he, you will nullify his contract and will lose his offer and you will have to hell to pay deuteronomy 30:11 through 19 says for this commandment that i command you today is not too hard for you neither is it too far off it is not in heaven that you should say who will ascend to heaven for us and bring it to us that we may hear it and do it neither is it beyond the sea that you should say who will go over the sea for us and bring it to us that we may hear it and do it but the word is very near you it is your mouth and in your heart so that you can do it see i have set before you today life and and good death and evil if you obey the commandments of the lord your god that i command you today by loving the lord your god by walking in his ways and by keeping his commandments and his statutes and his rules then you shall live and multiply and the lord your god will bless you in the land that you are entering to take possession of it but if you if your heart turns away and you will not hear Loving the Lord your God, obeying his voice, and holding fast to him, for he is your life and the length of days, that you may dwell in the land that the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and Jacob, to give them. Again, Deuteronomy 30:16 through 18 says that, you know, we are supposed to live for God, and we are supposed to honor him and choose life we have lost sight of the holy god and his demands for us to live holy lives it's hard to believe our actions what we do or i'm talking about the things that we do or don't do and how they have life or death consequences because we've lost sight of the holiness of god and what he requires what we do with our lives may seem trivial to us at times but it's not trivial to god from Old Testament times until now, God has not changed. Bible says He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So He's still holy, and the line is drawn in the sand for us to meet His conditions. It's kind of like God's plumb line to see how we measure up to what He expects for each one of us. What's different now, though, is than it was in the Old Testament are the conditions. Instead of living and dying by the law, we have a better option. God has given us a new covenant. Man used to have to sacrifice animals and shed their blood to cover his sins. We no longer have to shed the blood of sheep and cattle. God has provided once and for all a sacrifice for our guilt through the blood of Jesus Christ, our Lord now we live by his grace not trying to meet every letter of the unreachable standards of god's law god is offering his unmerited grace to us because we cannot earn our salvation ephesians 2 8 9 says for by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves it is the gift of god and not of works lest any man should boast you can't pay for forgiveness of sin and obtain salvation Jesus Christ has paid for you by shedding his blood and dying on the cross in your place. When you accept God's provision, Jesus Christ, you choose life. If you reject his provision in Jesus Christ, you choose to be eternally damned. If you accept his plan of salvation, you will spend eternity in heaven with our loving God. Then the choice is yours. On which side of the line will you take your stand? God continues his instructions and warning in Deuteronomy 30:17, where he says, But if your heart turns away and you refuse to listen, and if you are drawn away to serve and worship other gods and serve them, I declare to you today that you shall surely perish. You shall not live long in the land that you're going over to the Jordan to enter and possess. You know, one of the saddest examples of this happening is the life of King Solomon. Solomon had everything going for him. As he began his reign in Israel, God gave him wisdom, wealth, and blessed him in every way imaginable. God told Solomon to be faithful and walk according to God's will. In 1 Kings 9, 3-8, it says, And the Lord said to him, I have heard your prayers and your plea which you have made before me. I have consecrated this house that you have built by putting my name there forever. My eyes and my heart will be there for all time. But as for you, if you will walk before me as David your father walked, with integrity of heart and uprightness, doing according to all that I have commanded you, and keeping my statutes and my rules, then I will establish your royal throne over Israel forever, as I promised David your father, saying, You shall not lack a man on the throne of Israel. But if you turn aside from following me, you or your children, are, and do not keep my commandments and my statutes that I have set before you, but go and serve other gods and worship them, Then I will cut off Israel from the land that I have given them, and the house that I have consecrated for my name I will cast out of my sight. And Israel will become a proverb and a byword among all peoples. And this house will become a heap of ruins. Everyone passing by it will be astonished and will hiss, and they will say, Why has the Lord done this to this land and to this house? See, Solomon took his eyes off God and onto women and material possessions. Even after this tremendous promise from God and this contract that God had given to them, Solomon went out and he found 700 heathen wives and 300 concubines. And I want to ask, how wise was that? I mean, imagine all those mothers in law. Anyhow, his wives influenced him with idolatry. He built idols and worshipped with with his wives. His heart turned away from God. There is no record that he ever repented of his sin, and I, I think there's a good possibility that he ended up in hell. Solomon forgot the but clause in the covenant with God, but God didn't forget the agreement he made with Solomon. God would prosper Solomon and Israel, but if they forgot God, God would destroy them. Second Chronicles seven, seventeen through twenty two. And as for you, if you'll walk before me as David your father walked during doing according to all that I have commanded and, and keeping my statutes and my rules, then I will establish your royal throne as I coveted with David and your father, saying, You shall not lack a man to rule Israel. But If you turn aside and forsake my statutes and my commandments that I have set before you and go and serve other gods and worship them, then I will pluck you up from my land that I have given you and this house that I have consecrated for my name I will cast out of my sight. And I will make it a proverb and a byword among the peoples. And all this house which was exalted, everyone passing by will be astonished and say, Why has the Lord done this to this land and and to this house? Then they will say, Because they abandoned the Lord, the God of their fathers, who brought them out of the land of Egypt and laid hold on other gods and worshipped them and served them. Therefore, he has brought them all this disaster on them. You know, God warned Solomon and the people, and they knew the terms of the contract. In Deuteronomy 30, 18 through 20 uh, is the terms. He says, Then I warn you that you will certainly be destroyed. You'll not live a long, good life in the land you're crossing the Jordan to occupy. Listen. Listen. It's happening to the United States today. God has blessed this country, but our national leaders no longer strive to please God. Many of them are spreading hate and dissension, and the nation is walking away from God. We've forgotten that we said one nation under God, indivisible. The leaders are leading this nation away from God, and I want to warn you, Judgment Day is coming. We no longer honor God, and as God warned, He is allowing us to be destroyed. You've no idea how fast it's happening. I remember when I was growing up, my sister had a slide in the backyard of our our home, and uh, we'd go out and slide. But every once in a while, it got so that you didn't really skid down the slide at all. So we'd go get wax paper, and we would sit on the wax paper and slide down the slide and go off go a whole lot faster and it was a lot more fun but you know sometimes we get on a slide where we slide so fast it's not fun because we're headed for destruction god not only works this way with nations he works this way with individuals someone will say well i'm not against god i haven't taken a stand either way e stanley jones said if you don't make up your mind your unmade mind will unmake you People are so interested in what this world offers, they have very little interest in what God has to offer. God offers the real bargain. Being absolved from your sin, given an eternal life, becoming a joint heir with Jesus Christ in God's kingdom of heaven. What a great deal that is that God has offered to us. Thomas A. Kempis said, For a little reward men will make a long journey. For eternal life many will scarce lift a foot once off the ground. You know, God warned us that we're to love Him and obey His will. But if we ignore His warning, then we can expect Him to allow us to be destroyed. And it's our choice. Deuteronomy 30:19 and 20 Today I've offered you the choice between life and death, between blessing and curses. I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. Oh, that you would choose life that you and your descendants might live. Choose to love the Lord your God and to obey him and commit yourself to him, for he is your life. Then you'll live long in the land the Lord swore to give your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You know, that promise is still effective today. And I'm so sorry the United States of America has chosen to walk away from God. I'm so sorry this nation has proclaimed that we're no longer a Christian nation. I want my daughters, my grandchildren, and now my great-grandchildren to have the same blessing that I've enjoyed throughout my lifetime. But the climate's changing. Our nation as we've known it will never be the same again we're no longer choosing life and blessing deuteronomy 30:15 says see i have set before you today life and good death and evil our cherished values and convictions no longer exist our heritage has been forgotten the things that have made the united states great for over 250 years no longer matter Deuteronomy 30:17 through 18, but if your heart turns away and you will not hear, but you're drawn away to worship other gods and serve them, I declare to you today that you shall surely perish. You shall not live long in the land that you're going over the Jordan to enter and possess. Now, I'm not trying to sound negative. I'm facing reality. Most of our young people don't even know or understand our nation's heritage. In fact, there are people that are trying to erase the heritage we have and give false narrative there. They're, they're reforming or rechanging the, the history that we have found so rich and, and rewarding. What's worse, seasoned church members seem to have forgotten God too. Daddies and mommies and grandparents have forgotten God and our kids are going to pay the price if you've forgotten god there's still time to come back to him won't you repent won't you allow god to become uh number one in your life again you know you can still use your influence to turn your family back to god we need people with courage to take a stand for jesus christ and become militant in their commitment to win souls for him it won't be democrats or republicans that can put the united states back on the right path God is the only hope this nation has to survive. Tim Bowden in his book One Crowded Hour about cameraman Neil Davis tells of an incident that happened in Borneo during the conflict between Malaysia and Indonesia in 1964. A group of Gurkhas from Nepal were asked if they'd be willing to jump from transport planes into combat against the Indonesians if the need arose. The Gurkhas had the right to turn down the request because they'd never been trained as paratroopers. Bowden quotes Davis' account on this story. He says, Now the Gurkhas usually agreed to anything, but this time they provisionally rejected the plan. The next day, one of their NCOs came to the British officer who made the request and said they'd discuss the matter further and be willing to jump under certain conditions. Well, what conditions asked the British officer the Gurkhas said they'd jump if the land was marshy or reasonably soft with no rocky outcrops, because they were inexperienced in falling. The British officer considered this and said the dropping areas would almost certainly be over jungle, and they'd be on there would not be rocky outcrops, so that that seemed all right. Was there anything else? Well, yes, said the Gurkhas. They wanted the plane to fly as slowly as possible and no more than 100 feet high. Well, the British officer pointed out that the planes always flew as slow as possible when dropping troops, but to jump from 100 feet was impossible because the parachutes wouldn't open in time for that height. Oh, said the Gurkhas, that's all right then. We'll jump with parachutes anywhere. You didn't mention parachutes before. You know, God in any church could use such Gurkha-like commitment and courage. If we could find that kind of courage, we could turn souls back to God and truly have a church on fire for Jesus Christ. We could turn America around and get us going the right direction again instead of the direction we're going now. Deuteronomy 30:15 through 19 says, See, I have set before you today life and good but are drawn away to worship other gods and serve them, I declare to you today that you shall surely perish. You shall not live long in the land that you're going over the Jordan to enter and possess. Now I know that was the promise to Israel, and that was instructions to Israel, but it's instructions and a promise to us also. I have given you notice between life and death, oh that you would choose life so that your descendants might live there's the contract if but and then and it's your choice if you'll live for me and do what i ask you to do and 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 serve me then i will bless you and i will prosper you and i will make sure that uh, god takes care of you Listen, I hope that you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And I hope that you're signed up on his contract to listen to him. And I hope that your life is bound for heaven and not for hell. But if then. You know, I want to pray with you. Dear Jesus, I just pray that you help the people that listen to this broadcast today. That we might realize the promise that you've given to each one of us. And we might clip the coupons that we would get, Lord, spiritually by serving you. And we might claim our home in heaven and be all that you want us to be. I ask this in Jesus' name. Father, well, this is Labor Day weekend, and I pray that you'll keep your hand on those that are traveling today and keep them safe. We're going to give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. It is Labor Day weekend. I will be praying for your safety, and I do hope that you will take time during this weekend to make time for God. All right. God bless you. Talk to you later. Thank you.